Hey guys, it's Michael Whitehouse. Before we go on to the next two interviews, I did want to share with you that both of them do touch on topics that may be uh, upsetting to some listeners. Uh, both of our next two interviews touch on issues of uh, abuse, relationship abuse, emotional, uh, mental abuse, as well as sexual assault and rape. So if those topics do uh, upset you. If you don't want to listen to it, then you may not want to listen to this. However, I will say these are both very uplifting speakers, uh, especially Renee. Uh, if this is a topic that upsets you, Renee is someone you may want to reach out to. So even if you're not comfortable listening to the episode, perhaps you just go to the show notes and reach out to her directly because she does a lot of great work. Um, but I, I definitely did want to share these. These are going to be these are great episodes. They're very inspiring. Their stories are incredible. What they do is amazing. But I wanted to warn you ahead of time uh, that we do touch on some some pretty heavy topics going into it. Also, uh, you know, it, when I interviewed Renee, uh, so to kind of pull back the curtain, you know, the conceit of this whole thing was I'm meeting them just as you are. I did get bios ahead of time for everyone except for a couple, including Renee. So I did not know anything that she did until she told me live in the recording you're about to hear. Uh, so that was that was very interesting. But what she does is is incredible, and I am so glad I had a chance to meet her here on the Potapalooza stage. All right, back to the show. All right, well, next here at our virtual table is Heather Abbott. Heather Abbott is known as the Prosperity Pro because she uses over 30 years expertise as a CPA, financial advisor, and business owner to support her clients in creating significant shifts and results. When you have a mission or a dream that feels too big, Heather will guide you on your unique path to overcome challenges, reach your goals more easily, and make the impact you want. She is a strong woman and can tell you it's easier to have somebody end their life in front of you than to be mentally abused. That sounds like leading to a whole bunch of fascinating stories. So I look forward to hearing many of them over the next 15 minutes. Heather, welcome to the show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, let's use the traditional first question. What makes you awesome, Heather? I was born awesome. There you go. It's just inherent in what I am. I'm magical. That's the the day so far. All right, get more specific. What makes you awesome? What makes me awesome? Uh, my ability to make people feel good, mm. no matter what. To find the silver lining in any any cloud. That's that's my amazing awesomeness. I mean, I'm also really good with numbers and mindset stuff and all that. But yeah, no, I can make people feel good. Nice. So in, in your bio, because um, as I mentioned, you know, they give me a bio, they send someone to the virtual table here and we start talking there are definitely two paths we can go on one is we can talk about your your financial the business the coaching and that stuff um or we could talk about your the story in the second half of your bio which also seems interesting i'm going to leave it up to you which road do you want to take us down it's your show Pick <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm used to talking about both okay um the, the second one sounds more unique so tell me more about your that unique story and what made you a strong woman? Well, uh, basically, short story. Let's see. I became an accountant because it was easy. And then I got dumped after I finished university. And so my self-esteem went in the trash. Mm. Met a guy. I ignored every warning sign. Married him. After going out with him for two months. Oh, yay. Oh, boy. 22 year olds are clever, aren't they? Oh, yeah. 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 
He was 11 years older than me, and he is a textbook nasty narcissist. I should say was. He's dead now. Yay. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was married to him for 25 years, denied the whole time that I was mentally abused, because I am a strong, educated woman, and strong, educated women aren't mentally abused. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. So I finally snapped and couldn't take it anymore in 2015 and I left him and I was going down every day to get stuff and after one week when I was down there he shot himself in front of me and as I started to run away I looked back to see if he faked it because it was kind of like something he would do he mm -hmm. hadn't yay um but um yeah you would think by that point I would realize I was mentally abused but no that was like four months later that started. So I had a whole bunch of stuff to unpack because I, I was lucky enough that everybody was, oh my gosh, you poor thing. But it was all because of him shooting himself. And that was another day, like really mental mm -hmm. abuse is horrid. Yeah. And yeah, getting over that. So yeah, take at that point in my life, I realized there's nothing can take me down. That's true. Well, once the yeah. worst thing you can imagine is behind you. Yeah. Actually, it's the worst, but it was the best because I got freedom. Mm -hmm. Like he, he never would have let me have a life after leaving him. So I, it's, it's actually one of, it's a really good day. We call it freedom day, my kids and I. Wow, so. okay. <laughs> yeah, I sound heartless. I'm not, I'm really sweet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I, actually, I, I, I love the way you're, you're approaching the story um, because as I said, it was, he, he did set you free in that way. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, and oftentimes, you know, the, the, the villains, what makes the villain evil will grow and grow and grow until it destroys them. And this is the, the most extreme version of that story I've ever heard. But absolutely, yeah. it is that kind of story. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, it's, I actually, on my first episode of my podcast, I tell the story in more depth. It's like a half hour show, but one of the reasons I do that is because I have met women afterward who are in relationships who they wish he would die. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I wished he would die for years, 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 years. And you feel so, a lot of them are ashamed of that and they feel bad and they, they know that means they should leave. We're not stupid. If it, if it, you know, okay, mm -hmm. I want him dead. Well, it's a good indicator. You shouldn't be there, but it's not easy to leave. There's a lot of, it has to be so miserable where you are that the fear of the unknown is the lesser evil. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell me about how you have, I, I, it sounds like from the rest of your bio, you have taken that and that has fueled your journey beyond that point. So yes. talk a little well, about that. I am an accountant. I've mm -hmm. been a financial advisor. Uh, like I have decades and decades of experience um, as an entrepreneur and that. I also, while I was there, gave my power away financially as well, because he would build up debts and I would try and pay him off and not thinking, you know, it's not just me. If I just say, you have to do it and put it on him, it would have been easier, but I mm -hmm. never did that. I was like, it has to be paid. He's not paying it, I'm gonna pay it. Mm -hmm. And I was beyond broke. I was in debt up to my eyeballs and I'm an accountant and financial advisor. So when I tell people, don't let the shame overrule everything else, you have to get help. I know what I'm talking about, right? So mm. I use 
everything I've learned. And I spent, oh, it's 15 years now learning ways to get over money mindset blocks as well as other blocks. So I have, I, I always say I, my unique selling proposition is yes, I am financial, I'm good with numbers, but I'm also magical. I have that whole mindset thing down pat. So most money mindset coaches are money mindset coaches and they don't deal with the numbers. I do both. Mm. So I have that. And I also have an ability to speak to people who are right brains and have them understand the numbers. And, and I can, I always try to bring in both sides when I'm educating anybody. So the people who are left brain still get some of the, you know, you need to work on your mindset stuff too. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and that seems like incredibly valuable because I've, I've met very few accountants who aren't, uh, you know, on the disc profile high C, uh, who aren't just mm. all about numbers and who are actually more about um, more about the mindset and the things behind it, the strategy. Because uh, yeah. one thing for your accountant to say, okay, here's the taxes you're going to owe, but to get into, you know, I want to be dealing with bigger numbers when I do this for you next year is, is a very valuable thing and that you can tie it all together. That's not the mindset man, mindset coach over here, accountant over there. And you're standing between trying to carry the message. Well, well, my, my coach says this, but my accountant says this. I, I don't know what to do. So that seems extremely yeah. powerful. So, so can you have some specific examples? Obviously not by name, but um, examples of ways you've been able to help people and, and, and differences you've made in their lives. Sure. I mean, it, I've always done both messages. I, I would go to when I was a financial advisor and I'd see a client. I'd be talking to them about their investments and be like, oh, you know, you should check out Hey House Radio because, they got, you know, so it was always brought in. Um, one of the um, larger ones that is, I mean, there's smaller example, but the smallest example would be I've gotten on a 15 minute introductory call with people just networking and made like huge difference in them. Like one woman took action on a financial thing she had been putting off for two years. Wow. And it was just speaking with me for 15 minutes and it got her over that hump. Mm -hmm. um, in one of my courses, um, I was doing financial clarity for prosperity and a one woman was a millionaire who said, no, I'm totally irresponsible. And she would lose money to um, penalties and different things because she didn't want to look at where the money was going. She was mm -hmm. very good at bringing it in, very good about that flow, but she was worried about if she looked too closely at, at the negative side to her or where it was going, that it might pinch off the flow. And when mm. I pointed out to her, you know, it sounds like you've got a rock in the stream already because you're afraid to look. Let's let's look so that we can get it out of there. And when I pointed that out to her, that really opened her up. And then the system that I have, because I do have a system that teaches people how to know exactly where your money is going calculate what you can and cannot afford it's quite a cool system that's what my freebie is is an overview of that but oh, the two things combined got her on track and she at the end of the class said she was expecting to probably make another million on top of that and i mean she's going to be saving hundreds of thousands in expenses that she wow. would have otherwise paid yep yeah and i, I so can that's totally a, that's a high end of the spectrum yeah so. but i i can totally understand that when, when i was in my 20s um I, I was also dumb at 22, um, although I went in a different way. I was dumb in business. I opened a game <laughs> store, which is notoriously unprofitable. And then I avoided the path that most of them make their money on. Uh, and so I basically did it with pure willpower and, and mental force to keep it running. 
And it was one of those like Wiley e. Coyotes running off the cliff. He looks down, he falls. I'm like, well, I can't look too closely at that. But that meant I wasn't looking closely enough to say, okay, there's a problem. Where is a revenue path? How could we get as? And of course, story ends like you think it would with tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt and my and the business eventually failing and um, my credit room. So, and it was because, because just like the one you're talking about, I, I had, I was fixated on, oh, I need to stay so positive that I can deny reality and make this work. And I was analytical enough to actually justify that that was really working. It was the crazy part. Oh, it wasn't wow. like, I knew I was doing it and said, this is my strategy and it's working. I actually, yeah, that's one of my big things with businesses. Yes, by all means, if you hate numbers, get a bookkeeper. Talk to the bookkeeper at least once a month to find out what's going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to look. Yes. So what yeah. what was, you, you raised a question for me there. What was the path that would have made money? Uh, so in the in the game business, uh, collectible card games is where the money is because they're current oh. revenue stream. So Magic and Pokemon, oh. those kinds of things. And I, yeah. I saw those as being less community building because it's, it's a broader market than like the geek community that plays role-playing games and, and board games. And I was like, well, I, yeah. I, I don't want to mess up the vibe of the stores, like a 900 square foot store. <laughs> and any day that we had magic events, we didn't have kind of the rest of the community there. So I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't want to damage the community energy by bringing in this, this broader audience. But you know, oh. you know what really damaged the community energy? Closing the store, that really messed it up. Yeah, it would. My daughter's actually a Pokemon professor. Like she could manage the game, supervise the Pokemon games. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up in in years later working for a store that's very successful. I'm like, oh, that's where the money is. I didn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. Ah, I still (laughs) have business. I knew that. But, but, you know, it's those things you learn. You go through those experiences and, and then you come out. I I call that my master's degree. It cost as much as a master's. It took as long as a master's. And it taught me as much as a master's. So. Yeah, so that's part of what I do is I try to help you not do that. Mm-hmm. I try to help you get there by figuring out exactly. Like one of my exercises I get people to do is take an hour, figure out what your big goals are. What do you want your day to day to look like? Mm. What do you want? What will you regret when you get to the end of your life? So that you can unpack all of it and get it out there and then get the clarity with the finances and align the two. You don't want Love to be that. wasting money on the little things mm-hmm. when the little things add up to one of the goals, right? Yeah. Future you is important in this course, scenario. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it would, what's fascinating talking to you is that you're like two, three, four people together that I don't normally yeah. find in the same person, you know, having <laughs> the, the accounting knowledge, the financial advisor knowledge, and the coaching knowledge and the coaching modalities, um, you know, really the coaching skills and being able to get into both the the uh, squishy emotional stuff and also the hard science spreadsheets numbers stuff which um, I'm sure must be incredibly valuable for your clients to help them achieve it their sounds work. great you want to try doing messaging when you don't <laughs> 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 it's not fun narrowing it down is like ah yep. yeah I could definitely no, see, see well, yes, people hard. like to put you in a box. Like, wait, so are you uh, are you an accountant with the numbers or do you help me with the mindset? Yes. I was at an event where, where someone said, you don't look like accountant. Like your hair is too, uh, and I like fluffy. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't look like an accountant. I'm not a typical accountant. When I worked at Investors Group here in Canada and I, I have a remote office because the mm-hmm. new one was farther away. Every time I'd go into the office, 
the woman at the main desk would be like, Heather, don't ever change your breath of fresh air amongst all these stuffed shirts. She actually yep. called me Bohemian Pixie. <laughs> That's a good name for a uh, financial advisor, right? There you go. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, you, my accountant's kind of like that, except she has a lot more tattoos than you do. I'm assuming. I only have one. Yeah. Nobody gets to see it. Yeah. She has a lot of tattoos. Uh, and turkeys and horses. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely familiar with the, the non-high C accountant. And it's a really cool thing because you get, you, you you don't just, a lot of times the accountants are so narrowly focused that all they see is the numbers. And I've run into when I was doing marketing, I'd run into something where I'd talk to someone and I'd, we'd talk and this was a perfect fit for them and exactly what they needed. And it was in their budget. And they'd go talk to their accountant who was their business advisor and all the account knew was numbers that that sounds awfully expensive. It's over your marketing budget. You can't do it. Even oh though it God. would have, would have had a return. They only understood numbers. And they yeah, only, and, and I've and seen that with people, yep. even when I was a financial advisor, they're like, Oh no, I have an account. I'm like, yeah, it's not the same thing. Trust me on both. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nope. Definitely yeah, that, not. That's a whole thing. different thing. So this has been, this has been fantastic. I definitely uh, will have to connect more. Um, I'd love because- to. Because, you know, I only talked to one of you so far, and there's like four of you, obviously. So <laughs> it clearly takes more than yes, 15 yes. minutes to, to meet yeah. you. Um, but this has been awesome. So if people do want to connect with with uh, an accountant who's also a financial advisor, also a business coach, uh, who... Also, also magical energy, you know. So also has magical energy. How would they yeah. get in touch with you? Well, they can go to my website, hcabbott.com. A-B-B-O-T-T.ca. If you go to .com, it's still me, but that's my insurance website because I still sell insurance in Nova Scotia. So, five, five of me. Um, yeah, so .ca because I'm Canadian. Awesome. Fantastic. That's, that's H-C-Abbott, two B's, two T's, dot C-A. Um, yeah. And people should definitely reach out to you because you seem really awesome. At least the 15 minutes to talk Thank to you. Thank you. So, I, I I'm also forward. on LinkedIn. If you look Heather C. Abbott, you should find me there. Fantastic. Don't forget the C because there's more Heather Abbott's. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember that too. There's a lot of Michael Whitehouses. I'm not even the most popular Michael Whitehouse on YouTube. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I searched myself on the podcast site. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a horror author in England named Michael Whitehouse. Um, and he has better SEO than I do, apparently. So it's, but I think I'm better connected than he is. Well, there's another Heather Abbott that was a Boston Marathon survivor, and she, I think, is winning YouTube because she's been on there for quite a while. Mm, but I don't think yeah. she's current on there, so that might be. Oh, there you I'll go. catch up. All right. Well, <laughs> great to meet you, uh, and I'm so glad we were connected by the by the uh, the, the powers that be here at Potapalooza, yeah. and glad we got to connect. Yeah. Thanks. All right, so our next guest is Renee Pacer-Paul. And what is so exciting about Potapalooza is they're just sending people in. I'm meeting them. And due to computer glitch, I didn't get the bio for Renee. So I'm about to discover what she does. And I am super excited for it. I know she has a huge smile. And that's all I know so far. So, Renee, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're awesome. Well, thank you. You know, a, a lot of people do mention my smile. And then when they find out what I do, they're extra surprised by it Ooh. because I help sexual violence survivors create lives filled with love and laughter. Oh, okay. That sounds like a fantastic thing. So how did you get into that? Uh, unfortunately, from personal experience. Okay. 
predominantly, um, and I combined that with my background as a teacher and a trainer, and just someone who wants people who have experienced any kind of trauma to realize that no matter what happens to you, it doesn't have to define your life. Mm. I love that. So, so if, if someone is is in that place, um, I, I imagine it's probably most important when it's you know kind of unresolved and they're still carrying it with them. Uh, how how do you help people to to move from that to the point where it's no longer their defining feature? I use some of the tools that were instrumental for me in my healing process. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of my backstory. There was, and this can be triggering for some people, so I do want to put that note out there. Um, but the flip side of that is there's a very happy ending. So um, a number of years ago, a stranger broke into my home in the middle of the night. He woke me from a sound sleep with a knife at my throat and told me, don't scream or I'll kill you. Well, I did scream and I fought him and he stabbed me. After he did that, I stopped fighting and then he raped me. My journey from that point on uh, took a a number of years and was definitely a, a process of healing. And there were steps along the way that made things a lot easier and there were other steps that made things take longer what i'm here to do is help make those steps easier for everyone and not take as long as they did for me Mm. the biggest turning point for me was not the counseling that i received after the event although that absolutely was helpful you know it's talk therapy is something that I I feel is definitely beneficial for people. It wasn't enough, certainly not for me. And it wasn't until a number of years later when I went to a creativity conference that I ended up in a session that really broke me wide open and the healing began in depth at that point. It made me a lifelong learner of creativity and those are the tools that I use in helping to coach people to overcome and build resilience and create that life that can be so wonderful regardless of what has happened. Wow, that, that, that is incredible. And talk a little bit more about the, you know, what you mean by creativity and how that, how that is used um, for such a powerful effect. So a couple of the things that happened in that session that I just referenced um, was we were doing some artwork. We were actually creating um, a mandala. And we also went through um, an exercise where we were exchanging um, information with someone else. And that that particular exercise was, and for me, it was called, it was just an I am exercise. It's, and it started off like really kind of basic of, you know, I, well, I am a woman and I am a trainer and I am a volleyball official and, you know, those kinds of things. Well, then we dug a lot deeper and it wasn't until I went to that session that I was able 
to, to say what actually happened to me by using the word rape instead of all the euphemisms I'd been using prior to that. Mm -hmm. Like I was attacked and I was assaulted. And, so there was that, but it was beyond that, again, that opened the door. So looking at the artwork and then other methods that I became more acquainted with is I became certified as a laughter yoga leader. Mm. Yes, that actually is a thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, so learning how laughter can help with healing on so many levels. And the best part of that is knowing that it, it doesn't have to come from any source but your own. Mm -hmm. And you can fake it at first because your body doesn't know the difference. And you yep. still get to reap all those wonderful benefits that are physical as well as mental and emotional and spiritual. I'm also a facilitator of Lego strategic play. So yeah, using those, those little things because mm. when you play with things with your hands and then you, you look at that and examine it, it can tell you things that don't come from just your thoughts or your words alone. Mm. The same thing happens with in, enveloping yourself in art or going out in nature and dancing. So finding ways to incorporate your body to help, again, express those messages that can be stuck inside of you and can be so toxic if that's where they live instead of being released. Mm. That sounds like some, some incredibly, incredible modalities and some really interesting concepts. I, I love this idea of, of uh, you know, I have to go with laughter yoga because I um, had uh, Kathy Nesbitt uh, who also does, does after you go on the summits I ran. And so I got to go to one of her, her events. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because you kind of like make yourself laugh and then your body's like, Oh, we're laughing. <laughs> and your brain's like, why are we laughing? But I was like, I don't know. Uh, laughing. I don't care. Cause it's fun. <laughs> who cares? We're laughing. Keep doing it. Yay. And then of course everyone around you is laughing for no reason too, which is hilarious. And now it's you're laughing. So contagious. Yep. So contagious. Laughing because everyone's around you. Um, you know, yeah, so, so I love that concept and, and especially that idea of kind of, you know, retaking the power and, and being able to you know, use the words directly and, and controlling your, your vibe, your energy, your life, and retaking that through, you know, creating a life of love and laughter, as you said, in your description, which is, is fantastic. Um, so if, if someone's listening, uh, cause you know, one thing about the podcast especially like this which is kind of a potluck podcast there may be someone who hears is like this is not what i expect to listen to right now but it's what i need to hear right now because i'm her audience oh my god um if somebody's in that place where they're still kind of you know stuck there what would your message to them be right now what should they do who should they reach out to what what action should they take well Obviously, I'm here uh, if they would like to reach out to me, and I'd be more than happy to explore how that would happen, and mm -hmm. either through one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm getting very close to launching a group coaching program. Mm -hmm. So there's that. It doesn't have to be me, though, too. Um, you know, if, if this is something you've never, you know, someone in your audience has never spoken to someone about, I so encourage that 
that that's a first step is to find a way to start the process of getting that out and releasing that. And and if it's too hard to find someone, then we'll write a letter, even to mm-hmm. yourself if you have to. Yep. It's it's a starting point. And you could then you can go from there. Think about how that felt, what can be released during that process. And so that's step one. And knowing that, okay, that's that's just a little step. And mm-hmm. each step can just has to be a little step. It doesn't have to be some gigantic step. You don't have to feel like, um, you know, you're going down a double black diamond <laughs> as a skier when you should be going down the bunny hill first. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love what you said about, about reaching out. And, um, and one thing I want to, want to point out, because I think this generally happens with podcasts, but I think with this topic, especially, I want to emphasize it, is sometimes you listen to a podcast and you'd be like, oh, wow, they're a podcast guest and, and they've, they've got a program and everything. And I'm, I'm just me. I happen to stumble across this listening to, you know, iTunes or whatever. And she doesn't want to hear from me. I'm just some person. Um, and so to emphasize, and I could confirm this, you want to hear from them. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so how would someone reach out to you uh, if, if, they, if they do need to? So I'm, I'm on the usual places. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and on Facebook. And uh, I have a website called Soaring Pathways, the name of my business. Mm-hmm. So that's soaring like an eagle and pathways is plural because everybody's healing journey is different. And that's why I named it in the plural, having a pat. Having I love that. Pathways. Yeah. And something else I want to amplify about what you said about, you know, reaching out to someone. I, I from what I've heard, um, often when someone is a, a victim, that there's, there's a sense of shame, there's embarrassment, mm-hmm. there's, you know, what will my friends think? What will my family think? Uh, and I find that most people, especially now, because this is, this is more a topic that is talked about more, you know, this is in the 1950s when it's like, oh my goodness, we don't talk about that. Most people, if, they, if, if a friend opens up to them and just had that kind of experience, they may not know what to say. They may say, yeah, I don't know what to say, but they're not going to be like, go away, you weirdo. Um, they're, they're going to want to help, whether they'll be able to help, equipped to help or not is another question, but they'll want to help. And, and they're not, you know, I've, I've heard very few, I don't think I've heard any stories of someone who reached out to someone and just got rebuffed. So, you know, if someone is out there, they're, they're feeling ashamed, they're feeling alone, they don't know who to talk to, they can, you know, reach out, reach out to you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, you know, most, most coaches who have a podcast, I think if they were to get an email from someone who's like, here's what happened to me, I don't know who to talk to, we would say, let me connect you to someone, you know, let me help as I can. Cause that's, that's why, that's why we're in this world. That's why we're in this business is to, is to help people. Absolutely. And there's, there is a national organization called brain. Mm-hmm. R-A-I-N-N. Um, they, they, that's what they do. You know, they are there for sexual violence survivors. So yeah. if you're, if someone isn't comfortable reaching out to me or to, to anyone, Mm-hmm. And just wants um, an, an independent or really kind of anonymous source to go yep. to. That's a, a great place to reach out to. Yep. But yeah. The most important thing is there are people who want to help. And... Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of a lot of places in communities. Um, I'm I'm guessing your audience is not just um, local. 
Uh, well, it's only people on Earth, as far as I know. Uh, I don't right, know anyone exactly. off the so, surface of the Earth. Um, you know, um, in, the, in the States, there's places to reach out in your local communities. Mm -hmm. The local YWCAs are often a place or crisis services. Some of them have been changed the name to called Restore. Mm. So that's, and I'm from the States, so that's that's what's available there. And, and I know in other places, Canada, other countries, there are definitely resources available as well. Yes, yeah, that, that's fantastic. But, but yeah, the, the most important thing, and, and the great thing too is is with, with the power of the internet, you know, if someone's listening to this, they're, they're on the internet because that's where the podcast is. Even if they are, you know, maybe they're in some small conservative town where it is still the 1950s and people will still judge them. They can reach people who aren't. There's people in other areas who do want to hear, you know, Renee, obviously you being one of them. Um, but, you know, there's people out there who who do want to hear, do want to help. And, and those resources are there. Um, so uh, is, is there anything else that I have not asked which you would like to like to touch on? I just am so appreciative of you saying that, you know, regardless of whether it's me or who it is, that mm -hmm. it's so important to just start that process and keep in mind that what happens to you doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. What you choose to do about it does. Yes. Don't, don't let whoever did this to you put you in a prison when they're not there likely themselves. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so powerful. Thank you. And, and so once again, your website is Soaring Pathways, Soaring Like an Eagle, Pathways, plural, dot com. So people can reach, you know, connect with you there. And it has been so great to talk to you. And thank you so much for sharing your story and your resources. Thank you, Michael. I really appreciate your time and your insight. For me, these were two very interesting and powerful interviews to these last two. As I listen back through them as I'm post-producing this episode, uh, you know, if you know me, if you listen to me, you know that I, I tend to turn it up to 11. I'm a high-energy kind of guy, extrovert, all about, uh, all about, yeah, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, and and this was this was interesting, especially because these two came towards the end. Actually, shifted the order in post production so I could put them together in this one episode. Uh, but they were still both towards the end. So I'm at the end of a day where I've been talking to people. I'm fired up. You can you can hear when I introduce Renee that I'm like, hey, she's got a great smile. Welcome, Renee. And then she told me about what she did because I did not have her bio in front of me when I started. But what she does is incredibly important. And so I wanted to, although listening, I'm <laughs> to myself like, ooh, that's kind of awkward how I led into that. I wanted to share the interview because what she does is so important and so powerful. And also, and Heather's story, you know, Heather's strength comes from the challenges she's had uh, and is very inspiring as well. So I'm I'm so glad I got to do these. Uh, if, if I sound a bit of a fool, that's okay. I'm okay with that if somebody learned from from these stories and from this experience. So Potapalooza uh, was an incredible event, was a lot of fun, was so great. Uh, it is coming up again on March 5th. So if you're a podcaster and say, I would like to rapid fire a bunch of interviews. Uh, now, a lot of the other podcasters did full length interviews. They didn't do this. I did this style because my focus in the coming season is on speakers and stages and uh, fairly specific topics. And of course, this was a potluck group of speakers. So I wanted to uh, kind of separate this out. So people were like, wait, what are you focusing on now? What's going on? Uh, because this is the, the Potapalooza episode. 
Uh, a lot of the other a lot of the other podcasters just did their own. A couple podcasts actually launched their first interviews were done in the Potatorium there on Potapalooza. So uh, definitely check that out. Guyodosaguy.com slash links. Uh, the moment this episode drops, the links may not be there, uh, but they will be soon. So you know, check back in in a couple days if you haven't. Uh, it's definitely an event well worth being part of, as well as Speaker's Playhouse that there are links for. That's every Thursday at 1.30 Eastern uh, with Kimberly Crow, who brings an incredible energy, best 90 minutes of your week. Uh, and if you are a speaker, podcaster, event planner, um, anything on either side of the speaking world and want to make connections, definitely something you want to connect with. Uh, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at michael at guywhonowsaguy.com. And, uh, you know, stay tuned because I'll continue to have my Sunday updates in this feed and my interviews. Got a whole bunch of exciting ones coming up in the near future. So I hope you enjoyed this. Love to hear your feedback and your thoughts. And if you'd like to connect with any of the uh, any of the eight people I spoke to, their information's in the show notes, or you can reach out to me, and I'd be happy to introduce you. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. Thank you so much for listening. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV dash connect.com December 12th and 13th 2023 we'll see you there